The San Francisco Experience. Brought to you by Jim Herlihy. Independent commentary from a Silicon Valley perspective for a global audience. Featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 22, Episode 6, The Ocean Globe Race. Talking with Tan Raffray and Amy Bridge. Our guests today are Tan Raffray, who joins us from Van in Brittany, and Amy Bridge from Sebastopol, California. Good morning to the show. Hi, Jim. Hi, James. Good evening for me. Well, Tan and Amy, we're going to start off with a couple of questions. Tan, let me turn to you first. Let's start with the Ocean Globe Race. Tell us about the Ocean Globe Race. First of all, tell us about yourself and tell us about the Ocean Globe Race. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Tan Raffray. I'm 66 years old and, and in the next 67. And uh, I have always been fascinated by the wheat bread. I am an ophthalmologic surgeon and I decided to race and to realize my dream doing the wheat bread for the 50th anniversary. It's a round world race in four steps from Southampton to Cape Town, Captain Tao Oakland, Oakland, the Punta del Este, and back. Very impressive. We'll come on to, we'll come back to you in a moment, Tan, where you can give us even more detail about your race and your boat. But at this point, let's turn to Amy. Amy, what is your connection to, to the race and to Tan? Thanks, Jim. Well, I am uh, an amateur sailor. I love sailing and I live in coastal California. My husband and I had the good fortune of meeting some extraordinary people on our recent trip to Brittany, France, where water and sailing are at the very heart of life. And we met Tan, who, as we mentioned, is a surgeon and a sailor, and his wife, Christiane, last May. And we connected with each other based on common interests. But we had no idea of the new world we were going to find after meeting these folks. They introduced us to this historic racing boat, the Neptune, to the Ocean Globe Race, and to their, their good friend Bertrand Delhomme. Um, we learned they were preparing to participate in this monumental adventure in September, that they would sail from Southampton in the UK around the three big capes around the world and back to Southampton in eight months. And under the circumstances, this adventure, I know as a sailor and just as a person, is uh, the challenge of a lifetime. And the added challenge is that Bertrand, although he's a very experienced Breton sailor and is part of the crew, has Parkinson's disease now mm. and learned about this intersection. When Tan and Bertrand met, the entire sail took on, the entire effort took on a new face. And I'll let uh, you and Tan elaborate on the, the name of the boat and the motto and mm -hmm. so forth. Well, Amy, we'll come back to you in a moment, but let's come back to Tan. Tan, let's start with the boat. Tell us about Neptune. Give us the vital statistics of the boat. To take it from there, Tan. Thank you. So talking about Neptune, she was um, built uh, in France. It's an aluminum boat, 60 feet long, 
She is a Moric design, which is, is a very famous French architect, very classical. She was really built for uh, the second uh, wheat bread in 77. The boat was in a really bad state, and we had a good connection with, with the people who belong to the boat and the first crew who did the race. And um, because of them, we and thanks to them, we decided to, to rebuild the boat and to the 50th uh, anniversary of the race. With this boat was at, at its time a beautiful design and a so well-known boat in a, in a generation, but again, my generation. You're talking about the Whitbread and the 50th anniversary of the Whitbread, but the race today is actually called the Ocean Globe Race. Tell us a little bit about the historic Whitbread race and how Ocean, Glo- Ocean Globe has become the successor to the Whitbread. So the Whitbread, the first Whitbread was raced in 73 with a lot of French crew and English crew. And this was the first around race did at this time. And it was for, for a generation fascinating because it was the first time that Racing yak were, were able to, to, to race in the south, in the South Sea. So th- that was really a pioneer because uh, after the, the, the commercial boats, the selling commercial boats, nobody was, very few people did that. And um, there was, it was a real set of fascination. So the old year is a, a new organization to remake this race. It's a crew race. The, the, the rules is uh, very strict because uh, uh, it's o- it's only boats uh, before 1989 were able to race. Mm-hmm. So it's not a professional race, but uh, it's between race and adventure. I see. Tell me, in the cover art for today's podcast, there's a photograph of Neptune what are the dimensions? How long is it? How long is the boat? What are the what's the capacity? How how many crew members do you have? Neptune is um, probably the first generation of of racing boat really built for this race. She's a sixty feet long boat. She's um, five point four meters large. So it was it, it's the first one of the first boats really large uh, to go in the south. People, it's ten crew, ten person crew, the crew, and there is uh, four steps on the race, so we can change the crew at every legs. I see. Now tell us about the route because this is an around the world trip. And you'll be setting out from Southampton in England. But tell us the route, because, of course, you're going to be sailing through some some spectacular oceans in your seven or eight month journey. So, give us the tell us uh, where you'll be, what your ports of call will be. Traditionally, the the wheat bread at four steps, which is the same for OGR. So the first, the first leg is uh, from Southampton to Cape Town. It's a traditional uh, step. Then the Indian Ocean is uh, from uh, Cape Town to Auckland or to Sydney. 
it's about f five between four and five weeks of of racing, and then the the third leg is very famous because you, we have to to pass to the Capon, which is um, so it's from um, Oakland to South American Airbor, so it's Punta del Este for this race, and the last one is from Punta del Este to Southampton. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, in order, you'll be sailing around Cape Horn in the southern yeah. tip of South America. I've been there. It's very windy, very treacherous seas. And then once you pass through Cape Horn, then you'll be going up the east coast of South America past Argentina to Punta del Este in Uruguay. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Now tell us. You said that the the boat has capacity for ten crew members. Who are your crew? How did you identify your crew, and what kind of training do they have? First, we we had we had a, a basic crew because we are racing a lot in Brittany. So um, we decide to do it together. So the base the base of the crew is about five people. We like to sail together. There is mixed experience sailor and experience uh, racer which is necessary for the race and then we as it's a it's a big crew we had to find some more people so there is uh, the bowman is less than 21 21 years old mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's one of the rule and um, one of the rule is also to have a woman on board mm -hmm. so we have one woman, one young, and eight competent sailors. I see. Now, it's one thing to sail in the waters off uh, the coast of France and uh, the coast of England, but it's something else to sail in the, uh, the deep blue ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the Indian Ocean, around Cape Horn. Does your crew have experience in ocean sailing? Yes. Some have some have not. We had to choose uh, to have a, I would, lead, I would say, a, a balanced crew between the competency uh, and the character. About half, half of the crew have ocean experience, not in the south, because very few people have, have been in the far south. Mm -hmm. In France, special because because of the Emoca uh, and the Vendée Globe, there is a lot of uh, a lot of people who, who did that they are used to cross atlantic to cross biscay mm -hmm. so five people on, in the minimum have a good ocean experience wonderful amy let me turn to you even for the most uh, seasoned sailor um, yeah. sailing around the world all of these three famous capes cape of good hope in cape town cape lewin in uh, western australia mm -hmm. and cape horn in South America, even for the most seasoned of sailors, that's quite <laughs> rough territory and challenging ocean conditions. Tell us about Bertrand and what is his motivation? Bertrand, of course, is the gentleman that you mentioned who is uh, who has Parkinson's, who will be joining the crew. Tell us about him. I assume that he's already a seasoned crew member. And what kind of accommodations are you making for Bertrand? as he joins the crew, and to accommodate his condition. Jim, you're right about that. It's 
under the best circumstances, very challenging. Um, these extraordinary people are taking on something overwhelming to me. I'm not on this crew. <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed by their courage, frankly, deeply inspired. And I've just engaged to support them in any way that I can. I know that this is Tan's lifetime dream to do this sale around the world. And it's also Bertrand's dream. And I think that the fact that they're coming together in this effort will bring greater awareness to Parkinson's. And as far as technically um, how Nep Neptune has been outfitted to help with Bertrand's condition, I would have to let Tan address that. But the entire crew is really hoping to inspire those living with Parkinson's and their caretakers because we are really all in this together. We've learned that health is a global concern. And what I'm really trying to do is to build bridges that advance progress toward a cure in any way that I can. Having met Bertrand and his wife and what he's trying to do and the challenges that he's facing, we have all been affected. So my husband and I are going to see them off in September and follow their journey and greet them next spring. But Really, Jim, what it was for me was seeing these people coming together in this way moved me very much so. And I hope to help in some way before many more people have to cope with this affliction. I think part of the story that's important is that Bertrand has wanted to do this race and this sale as well and was coming up without a boat where he could be crew. And now he has this additional challenge. And I think it's it's important for Tan to to talk about how they came together and why this is this is a multi-leveled effort. This is this extraordinary race, extraordinary lifetime experience for all those on board and their families and friends, but especially for Bertrand and for people with Parkinson's to see that he's taking this on. And it's mm -hmm. it's very, very challenging. And I think because Tan has the medical background and profession, I would let him address the boat and how it's been outfitted mm -hmm. and the merging of these two stories. Let's have a discussion. Tan, why don't you tell us what kind of accommodation are you making for Bertrand as a member of the crew with this condition? I didn't do particular effort on that because Bertrand has a very good physical condition. So we just have a very good berth, a very comfortable, and we have also a crew member who are a, a medical medical doctor, yeah. particularly on the south. I will be the, the skipper of the boat, so I don't need, I don't, I don't want to be the doctor of the boat because it's very complicated for me on, on each side. So I ask Armel, which is an uh, emergency uh, uh, medical uh, professional, to come with us on the south. So we took care about uh, Bertrand's health and condition, and we have to make it really comfortable. That's, I think that's a, the, the, main, the mm -hmm. main goal, the main problem. Mm -hmm. Then the boat um, is a long, is a quite comfortable boat. We have comfortable uh, berths. I think that the boat is uh, by by its own fitting and uh, and construction uh, ready for that. Is there a French 
Parkinson's Association, which may which is interested in this uh, in Bertrand's participation. Yes, of course. Uh, Franz Parkinson is very interesting, and uh, there is a small association too who are uh, following us. We have a big Facebook uh, communication, and uh, the followers is growing up. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, at the be- I-, I always say that at the beginning. We decided to support Bertrand because, um, for me, it was a very important thing, very important project to show people that with a big disease, uh, it's always possible if your physical condition, of course, is all right to continue to live and, and to race and, and to do projects. And then the volunteer of Bertrand is support, supporting all the crew because uh, it's a difficult project and Bertrand gave us a real, I would say, hope. He pushed us very, really up, really up. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, Amy, I know that you're very, uh, you're very active with social media. Are you, are you promoting this race and the involvement of, of Parkinson's or the, the Parkinson's connection with the, uh, the Neptune boat? Very much so, and I'm I'm really trying hard um, from my little corner of California to represent the United States to some degree and bring awareness to this effort by informing the Michael J. Fox Foundation and the Parkinson's Foundation in the United States and in California, REI, Recreational Equipment, Inc., and, and just sharing this as much as possible to cheer the boat on and to encourage Bertrand and to let people know, let other people know with Parkinson's what is possible and give them hope. Um, I'll be meeting with some people here in California on Thursday to share this effort with them so they can be posting about it on social media. And we were hoping to, I don't know, I think inform globally so people can watch the race and cheer them on. And as as uh, Tan said, just see what's possible. So we will be continuing to post about this throughout the year while they're sailing. And I think this is just a great opportunity to, again, share hope, share a good story, show what's possible. And Bertram, I know, is doing this for, for everybody, not just for himself. And it takes tremendous courage. As you said, there's some really rough seas ahead. Mm -hmm. And Tan is the skipper and this extraordinary crew of people and support behind them. I think they'll do very well. Very good. Now, what day do you set out from Southampton? We leave Southampton. The start is on the 10th of September. Mm-hmm. So we are going to leave home, to leave home on the 24th of, of August. We will make a stop in Finisterre because we need to meet people over there because it's Bertrand uh, home. And then we will cross the channel to be in uh, in in England. I would say on the twenty eighth or nine, we have to stay about ten days in the race village, and the start is on the tenth of September. Mm-hmm. And we 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 expect to be in the South Africa. I would say uh, about the tenth of October. Now, how many boats will be competing, and how many countries are represented? Fourteenth boat competing. Probably eight countries, hmm. Finnish, England, American, French, South African. So probably eight countries right. and Fr- France 
about four deaths or four boats. Very impressive. Now, Tan, as you're doing the the first leg, for instance, from Southampton to Cape Town, with all of the modern technology that we have, and Amy said that uh, we'll all have an opportunity to follow you on the route, will you be connected via... Will you be connected in real time? Will we be able to check in at the website and see you at the helm and see the uh, the ocean conditions as you're sailing from Southampton to Cape Town to give us a to give us armchair uh, sailors an opportunity to experience a little bit of the the wind in our face, the uh, the salt on our lips. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. The specificity of this race is uh, they use normally. Um, classical um, navigation instruments. So we, don't, we are not allowed to use a GPS, and it's quite complicated because on all camera and, and movie, normally now there are GPS. So they, they want to control that, and we have to use sextant for navigation, for celestial navigation. So it's, it's really control. But the organization is going to really to relay all the information and pictures and you will find uh, yeah we, you will find and you will be able to follow all the races and the, the competitors and pictures and movies on the OGR uh, website I see and once you actually get underway will can you be in radio contact with the other countries with the other uh, 12 13 sailboats that are competing with you yes we have the bay you uh, so it's it's a low wave uh, on the boat so we are able to communicate uh, all together and we will be able also to communicate to, to communicate with uh, people who use the low wave now how long is that first leg from Southampton to Cape Town how many weeks will that take you of sailing uh, sailing across the Atlantic Ocean yeah it's about seven thousand miles nautical miles. So it's, it should take about between uh, four and seven weeks, mm-hmm. and once Dep- you, depending, depending of, the way, of the wind. Yes. And once you arrive in Cape Town, how long will you stay in Cape Town? What will you do? Will you take on new crew at that point? Give us a sense of what happens when you arrive in Cape Town, your first port of call. We are going to change our crew, so there is there is about f- between four and five people staying on the boat for all the race. So we will have uh, f- four, uh, four or five more new people. We train, of course, with them. The, 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 the crew of the three and the, the, the three and second leg will be, of course, people who have a lot of ocean experience because it's rough sea. We will stay about three weeks in Cape Town. I think that the first week will be used to maintain the boat, and then we will have free time for about 10 days. I see. And so after your three-week stay in Cape Town, all of the competitors, all of the boats will set sail from Cape Town on the same day at the same time? Yes. It, it's uh, These races are um, uh, all the race. There is um, a start for everybody. And the start will be on the well, probably on the 15th or 14th of October. All the boats on the starting line, and then the adjustment because of the rating for the for for the score. 
you know, this all the, because it's different boat. We it's not uh, it's not uh, singles. We need a rating, and then the score is established after cal- calculation. I see. And then on the next leg of the trip from Cape Town to Auckland, of course, you'll be rounding the Lewin Coast, which is the southwesternmost point of Western Australia, called Cape Lewin. Yeah. And how long is that leg from Cape Town to Auckland? I think it's about 6,000 miles, nautical miles, and it will probably take between uh, four weeks and five weeks because uh, as as it's a very strong westerly wind, uh, the speed of the boat is is about 10 knots or more, so it's it's, it's quicker. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for instance... Who will be the cook who is going to man the galley and who is going to prepare the uh, the food for this crew? That's a very good question. It's, sti- it's still not decided. For the fir- my first thinking was um, that one crew member would have to do the cook for uh, for one day and change every day. But I, I, I'm thinking about it and reading books uh, from the first with bread and I think it's very the, the cook is really important so if somebody can do it it will be probably better for the crew and, and easier you have to do it by pleasure you don't have to do it because you you, you you need to do it so it's still a question so Amy when you and Peter go to Southampton to to see the Neptune off what do you plan to do there what is your uh, what, what are your activities? your farewell activities for the Neptune, what do they include? I'm sorry, I was thinking about applying for a job as a cook. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wish I were that good. Anyway, um, our plan is, this is just (laughs) such a big deal. Peter and I feel that when you meet someone and someones that are taking something like this on, it in itself is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And so we have decided to to fly to the UK, to travel to Southampton, and really just to provide moral support for the crew, for Tan, for his wife and family before he takes off for all these months. We'd like to meet some of the other teams and just experience the race to the fullest. I am a little bit biased because I I love this boat, Neptune. I feel an attachment to the boat. So I'll help in any way that I can, we will, in any way that we can support. We're really going more as support than spectators, but I am, I am sure that seeing these beautiful, beautiful boats leave for this race is a once-in-a-lifetime experience that I wouldn't want to miss. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to miss them leaving and wave goodbye to Bertrand and, um, and stay on land with his wife. <laughs> and then uh, welcome them back at the end of a successful safe sale. So support, all support for them, for Parkinson's, to bring awareness to what can happen, what can be if you push, what -hmm. what you in your life. And 10, when you leave Auckland, New Zealand, of course, again, you'll, you'll stay there for what, about three weeks in Auckland, New Zealand? Yeah, about, yes. Yes, and again, you'll you'll have a, a change of crew there, I guess. Uh, for some, yes, but yeah. uh, I think that we will try to keep, to keep the same, almost the same crew for the for the third leg because it, it will be the hardest leg. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, from Auckland to Punta del Este in Uruguay, 
you'll be passing through the you'll be passing through Cape Horn, otherwise known as the roar yeah. the Roaring Forties. Very <laughs> high winds, very treacherous, very treacherous uh, sailing area. How are you preparing for that challenge? I am afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody said you have to be afraid. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> it's no more, and it's good. That's absolutely. <laughs> no, I think I think that the, the Indian can be very tricky and very difficult, but I think that's really after the Indian we will have uh, enough experience to do our best on the Cap Horn. Mm-hmm. And- the, the, the speciality of the Cap Horn is, is very low in, in, in latitude. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, you have to to go to so 50, 55 about, so it can be it can be tricky, but uh, it will be summer. So normally we should have, uh, I would say, um, not too dangerous condition. Uh-huh. And what is the due date back in Southampton? When do you expect to sail up the River Solent into Southampton? We should be back in 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 Southampton on the on early August, would be the between the fifth and the fifteenth, and the prize giving it will be normally on the at the end of of April. So, main of the boat will be um, back home uh, between the five the fifth and the the fifteenth of, of of April. Of April, which is spring in France, which is spring in France. Mm-hmm. It's it can be tricky in the Gulf in the Biscay, mm-hmm. but it's be uh, let's say uh, not too dangerous at this time. Okay, but we we, we need to take to, to still take care because Biscay is it can be very tricky. You will leave Southampton in September, and you will return to Southampton in April of 2024. So, Tan and Amy, in the remaining few minutes of the podcast, what are your closing thoughts? What thoughts do you want to leave our listeners with as we we wrap up this great adventure that you're about to undertake? Well, I I guess from my perspective, uh, I think ordinary people do extraordinary things. And I think that we've just been very fortunate to meet a group of regular folks that, that have big hearts and are doing something really wonderful, fulfilling their own dreams while helping others that maybe have bigger challenges fulfill their dreams. And I think that's a responsibility that we carry, one hand for ourselves, one hand to help another, and to give voice to those who can't. And that's sort of my mission with this interest and this passion that I've taken on for this project, and so grateful to have met these people. My French is getting better and my knowledge of Parkinson's is increasing. And I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing my new friends in September in Southampton. Oh, Doctor? Tan, what are your closing thoughts? Uh, thank you very much, Amy, for what you say. I would say that um, doing the project, I met fantastic people like you. My main goal is uh, to finish the race with um, a safe crew, Mm-hmm. That Bertrand feel comfortable, then Bertrand gets a maximum hope, and I think that because of that uh, we will uh, have a, a fantastic race, and we we want to communicate that to other people, especially people who has problems or illness. Well, on that very inspiring note, I'd like to thank our two guests today, Tan Raffray and Amy Bridge for sharing with us this very exciting 
expedition from Southampton around the world on a 60-foot sailing boat, taking about seven months from Southampton all the way back to Southampton via Cape Town, via Auckland, New Zealand, and via Cape Horn and Punta del Este. Again, uh, congratulations. Very best of luck to you, Tan, and very uh, very best of luck to you, Amy, in, uh, in your trip to Southampton to see this, uh, this crew off. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you. And Thank you for much, so much for all of you. And how can our listeners follow you and follow the Neptune? Is there a website, a Facebook, a Twitter handle that you can share with us? Yeah, I think it's the OGR. OGR. Yeah, Ocean Globe Race. Yes. Globe Race. yes. So the website is OGR.com? Yes, I think so. I see. Very good. We will share that with our listeners and look forward to hearing back about the about your exploits as you sail around the world. Again, Tan and Amy, thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having you back here next April to tell us about your experience on this round-the-world OGR race, the successor to the Whitbread Cup. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you. And for our listeners, today's episode is number 431. The San Francisco Experience podcast is carried on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, 18 platforms with listeners in 60 countries. Feedspot has ranked us as one of the top 25 news podcasts in California. This has been the San Francisco Experience podcast with Jim Herlihy coming to you from San Francisco. (laughs) 